0: So, if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Amen. Now, if you just keep that open in front of you, we're going to spend the next few minutes looking at that. Uh, Now for most people here, uh, I think most would profess to be believers and as Christians, we know it's a basic Christian belief that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. It is one of those things Paul says is of first importance, central to the Christian faith. In fact, you cannot be a Christian and not believe that Jesus died for our sins and was raised three days later our justification. These are basic gospel things. Now I don't think the problem for most of us is believing whether Jesus rose from the dead or not. As Christians most of us would go yeah of course uh, you believe that Jesus rose from the dead. The problem for most believers isn't whether Jesus rose from the dead it's that so what question. Jesus was raised from the dead well so what? What difference does that make to my life today, that Jesus was raised from the dead? Now, again, I think a lot of us would very naturally point to it being a proof that God was happy with Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. And so we think of it as helpful evidence that Jesus was who he claimed he was. And that is certainly true. It is helpful evidence of that. But again, that doesn't mean a right lot for us today, does it? If that's all it is, a proof that Jesus' death was acceptable to God, that might be helpful in its own way, but it doesn't really mean very much to me personally, does it? It's a little bit like an archaeological discovery showing me that something the Bible says is true. I mean, that's good, it's nice, but it doesn't really affect my life very much, does it? Uh, But I think our passage this morning wants to answer that so what? Question. Jesus was raised from the dead for you, and this passage is why it matters today. And it's not just some archaeological, historical proof that some stuff Jesus said is true, it has real value, real meaning, real difference for the Christian today. And I would think our passage has three things to say to us this morning. Uh, firstly, Jesus was raised from the dead, so we should prioritise heavenly things. Secondly, Jesus was raised from the dead, so your life is now totally secure. And thirdly, Jesus was raised from the dead, and so you will be vindicated one day. So three things this has to say to us. Firstly then, prioritise heavenly things. And we're looking in verses 1 and 2 of our passage. So Jesus has been raised from the dead. And so we're told here, focus on your heavenly home. So if you have been raised to new life with Christ, which if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus, you have been. Then you should, according to verse one, seek the things that are above. Now, the things above are clearly to do with heaven because the things above are where Jesus is. And Jesus is in heaven, seated at the right hand of God. So, as believers, we are being called here to seek heavenly things. Now, what does that mean? Well, if you look in verse 2, it tells us: Set your mind on things above, not earthly things. That's what it means. Set your mind on things above, not earthly things. We're to focus on the things associated with the Lord Jesus. And we're to focus our minds on our future heavenly home, not on earthly concerns and temporal things. Now, when it says set your mind on things above, not earthly things, it doesn't mean never think about anything material. That's not what it means. It doesn't mean never think about today. It doesn't mean never think about anything on earth or in earth or anything like that never think about earthly things like food and clothes and all of that it doesn't mean any of that okay that's the mistake of an ancient heresy called Gnosticism Gnosticism said spiritual things are good and material things are bad and so focus on spiritual things not those terrible worldly earthly things they're bad Uh, That's not what Paul is saying here, okay? So I just want to be clear. He's not saying just be heavenly minded and don't worry about the earth. That's not the point. What he is saying is that there should be a priority in our minds. He isn't saying earthly, material, temporal things don't matter. He's not saying that. What he is saying is they're not our main priority. If I set my mind on getting a new job for example it doesn't mean every other concern I have goes out of my mind and I don't think about anything else other than that it just means I have a particular priority doesn't it now that's all Paul is saying here as well as Christian people the priority in our thinking ought to be the things of Christ the things about Jesus earthly things matter Earthly things are relevant to our lives. They're not insignificant and we can enjoy the good things God gives us on earth. They're just not our priority. And we need to be careful here about sticking a wedge between what is heavenly and what is earthly. Because the Lord Jesus commands us, doesn't he, to do things on earth. That much is clear from the Bible. He commands earthly things. Jesus is not against temporal things. He's not against earthly things. But what he's saying here is we assess things, we use those things, we enjoy those things, we work towards those things in light of our heavenly priorities. And so your work matters. It's just not ultimate. That's the point. Our family matters, but it's not ultimate. Enjoying God's good gifts matter, but they're not ultimate either. Jesus is ultimate and he has things to say about all those other things and how we might use them and how we might enjoy them and how we might glorify God through them. But his point here is that Jesus is to be our first priority. We are to focus our minds on heavenly things. And because Jesus has been raised from the dead, our priority is focusing on spiritual, heavenly realities that impact on how we live on earth now and how we use earthly things for the glory of God. He's not saying forget the earth. He's not saying forget material things. He's not saying you can't enjoy stuff, not saying any of that. He's just saying we have a priority because Jesus has been raised. And our minds are focused on the place where he is. Now, what does all that mean in practice then? Well, if we are prioritising heavenly things, then the things of Jesus must be our ultimate priority. That's that's all this means. Uh, Now, you may have heard of catechisms. Now, a catechism is like a set of questions and answers ...that churches used to use to teach people Bible truth. So they'd give you a a question and then you'd memorise the answer. And one famous catechism is the Westminster Shorter Catechism. And the very first question in the Westminster Shorter Catechism is this. What is the chief end of man? Now what that means in modern language is... ...what are we meant to do? What are we about? Why are we here? What's our purpose? What is the chief end of man? That's question one of the Westminster Shorter Catechism. What is the chief end of man? The answer is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. That's why you were made. To glorify God and enjoy him forever. Now our fundamental priority if we're focusing on heavenly things is to glorify God and to enjoy him. Christians are alright with the glorify God bit, we're not very good with the enjoying him bit but we'll come back to that another day. Uh, But we are to glorify him in how we live. We're to glorify him in what we do. We're to glorify him in how we interact with others. Now all of that involves earthly things doesn't it? You and I are temporal people and yet we glorify God in how we interact with one another. You know, our community is not going to be here forever, but we glorify God in how we interact with it. But we are created to have that priority to, of glorifying God and enjoying him forever. That's the purpose which all people were made. What else were we created for? Well, the Apostle Paul says we were chosen by God to walk in the good works that he has prepared for us to walk in. And so we glorify God by doing the good works he has called us to do. That's one of the ways we glorify God. That is prioritizing the things of Christ. What else? Well, Romans 8 verse 29 tells us we were predestined to be conformed to the image of God's Son. What does that mean? Well, we have been chosen by God to become more like Jesus. That is another priority of the Christian life. And so focusing on heavenly things and prioritising Jesus means growing more and more and more like Jesus. Wanting to look like him, wanting to be like him. It means aligning our character with his character, loving the things he loves, hating the things he hates, doing the things he wants us to do. Now, if you want to see all sorts of ways that Paul sees this working out in practice, you just have to look beyond the passage that we're reading today. So when you go home, go and read the rest of Colossians 3 and the beginning of Colossians 4. But what Paul is saying is we have a new way of thinking because Jesus has been raised. We have a new way of behaving because Jesus has been raised. We have a new moral centre that focuses on Jesus and his priorities because he has been raised. And so Jesus has been raised from the dead. That's what we remember this morning. And if you have been raised with him as a believer, then you need to prioritise Jesus and his heavenly things. Prioritise Jesus and his way of thinking. Prioritise Jesus and the things he would have you do. And we know what those things are by looking into his word and finding out what they are. But we prioritise heavenly things because Jesus is raised. Our lives should be lived differently because Jesus has been raised. But second, your new life is totally secure. And here we're looking in verse 3. So Jesus was raised and so verse 3 says, you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Now what on earth does that mean? Paul is picking up here an Old Testament theme from the prophets and the Psalms. So Isaiah 42 and Psalms 27 and 31 all speak about God hiding his people and protecting them from danger. That's what he's picking up here. That's the idea Paul's talking about. You've died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Paul is talking about the security of God's people in Jesus. So just as Jesus died and was raised to new life, the believer has died with him, and our life that is totally secure is in Christ with God. That's what he's saying. Not only is our life totally secure in Jesus, but it is hidden with God. So our life is no longer earthly, it is heavenly with the Lord. Our life is totally secure because it is hidden with Christ in God. It's not centred on earthly things, but on Jesus and our heavenly home. Now, as you well know, nobody can get into heaven. Certainly of themselves, nobody can get into heaven. And, And that's where our life is. Our life is hidden in the place where none of us can go and come back. So nobody can go to heaven and steal our life away from us because they don't have access to do that. Nobody can remove our place in glory. Nobody can drag our life away from us because it is hidden in Christ with God. Now knowing that our life can't be lost and is safe with God, that frees us up, doesn't it, to live radically differently to the world around us we've been told to prioritize heavenly things and if our life is secure with God then our lives can center on those realities knowing that it is perfectly safe knowing that our life cannot ultimately be lost now those things are only true if Jesus was raised from the dead and if Jesus is now in heaven. Our life can only be hidden with Christ in God if Christ is in heaven with God, right? Makes sense. Now, when it says it's hidden, it's hidden in the sense that none of us can see it. Uh, Christians, uh, bizarrely, I guess, we love a man that we've never laid eyes on, don't we? Uh, We take instructions from a place we've never been to. Uh, We're loyal to a kingdom we've never visited. And we're all heading to a city that we've never seen, which seems pretty mental, doesn't it? When you think about it, Um, that's pretty hidden, though, isn't it? We're not seeing any of that. Uh, But that is the reality for the Christian. We are wedded to things that we haven't seen and we live by faith and not by sight, right? And because we're dedicated to what isn't seen, and because what isn't seen is hidden in heaven, away from where anybody can get it, that means our life is totally secure with Christ. It is hidden in Christ with God, in a place where no one can go and come back. It is secure. It cannot be robbed. And it is where it is without anybody being able to take it away. Now... If our new life is totally secure in Christ in that way, that means at least two things for us. Firstly, it means we should have absolutely no fear about living lives that are pleasing to him. We should have no fear about living lives that are pleasing to him. If we focus on earthly things and we focus on earthly priorities, then we are going to be full of anxieties And fears about how people will treat us, how we're going to be viewed, whether we will get this job or that job, whether we will have food to eat tomorrow, whether we will have all the things we need. And if we are trying to follow Jesus, but our minds are set on earthly things, we're going to worry about what's going to happen if we do the things Jesus is calling us to do. How will people treat us? How will they deal with us? But if we know that our life is secure in Christ, it is hidden with God and no one can take it from us. What have we got to fear about living very radically different lives to the world around us? Our life isn't based in the here and now. Our life is hidden somewhere else in a place where we are hoping to go one day. Ultimately, our hope and our security does not rest In what people think of us. It doesn't rest in how people view us. It rests in Christ with God. It is secure. And that means we can be different. And confident in our difference. Because of life that is safe and secure in Christ. The second thing this means. Is that inevitably our priorities will change in line with that. If we know our life is ultimately in heaven, then we're going to prioritise the things of life that are going to last, aren't we? You know, why would anybody, when you th- you know, if you're focusing on earthly things, why would anybody give up their time to go and tell other people about Jesus? Why would you bother doing that? Because that could be hard. It can sometimes be demoralising. Uh, Particularly when people don't seem to listen. It's difficult work that. But if our life is focused in heaven, if we know our life is secure, we'll do it because our priorities are different. We are going to focus on the things that are going to last. My priority is Christ and the things that are going to last. You You can pin all of your hopes this morning on getting an asylum claim in Britain, that might well just save your life. The problem with your asylum claim is it only saves this life, doesn't it? You might get that. You might be safe here, but it'll only secure this life. And not only that, it only secures you for a time. It's temporary. Now if that's your number one priority, where is your life? Well, your life is here and it is seen and it can be taken away at any moment by a government who changes their mind. It's earthly and it isn't going to last forever. And this is what Jesus says. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and yet loses his own soul? If your life is taken up with the stuff that you can get here. And the stuff you can get now. Then you're you're going to be running into problems later on. Because all that stuff is temporary. But if your life is focused on heavenly things. If your life is focused on Jesus. You can work now for the things that will last. And this isn't just an asylum issue. It's not just something for folks seeking asylum. It's true for all of us. What if you pour all of your time into your job. And progressing up the... Career ladder. Well, where's that going to get you? Well, at 65 or 70, that's gone. Well, what about getting up the housing ladder? Getting a better and better house? At some point, that's going to go. And actually, at some point, that house might be too big for you and you need to start going back down again. Well, what about organising everything around your children? pouring absolutely everything into that well one day your children are going to be grown and they're going to be out the house and you've got nothing else to pour into what about amassing more and more and more money we all need money to live right but we all know we can't take that with us when we die can we now what do you gain if you've worked for all of that and then you lose your own soul and if we are working for those types of things we're ultimately going to be driven aren't we by either the pursuit of those things that aren't going to last or by a fear of what people may think of us or a fear of what may take them away or fear of that we might lose them one day. But Jesus said there's one thing we should really fear. He said don't fear those who kill the body but are not able to kill the soul. Rather, fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. You know, we can fear, can't we? We can live our lives in fear of what may take things away from us, how we may live today. But Jesus said, ultimately, those things aren't going to last. Those things are temporary. You know, we shouldn't... If Jesus has been raised, though, and our life is secure with Christ in God, if our priorities have changed... We shouldn't be scared of what people will think of us. Some people will think us mad because they can't see heaven. They can't see God. But we live by faith and not by sight. We trust that our life is safe with Christ in God. And that means we are free to live differently. We're not going to be moved by the whims of people. We can prioritise what Jesus prioritises. We can do it safe in the knowledge that our life is not here. It does not rest on what people may do to us now. It doesn't rest on what people may think of us now. But it rests in Christ with God. And we know because Jesus has been raised. Thirdly, finally... If Jesus has been raised, you'll be vindicated one day. Verse four says, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So at the moment, we prioritize what is unseen. At the moment, we focus on heavenly realities that are hidden. Our life right now is hidden with Christ in God. But one day, the Bible tells us, those realities will be seen clearly by everyone. Jesus is coming again. Verse 4 tells us that Christ, who is our life, will appear. People will see Jesus. And what is currently hidden, what makes us look out of step to the world at the moment, will one day be laid bare for the world to see every eye will see him every ear will hear the return of the Lord Jesus and then nothing will be hidden our life at the moment is hidden with Christ in God but one day that will be seen for what it is but it's not just Jesus returning that will be visible look in verse 4 again then you also will appear with him in glory So Jesus will appear and you, if you trust in him, will appear with him in glory. So if you trust in Jesus, you will be vindicated. The glory for which we're working today, the priorities we have that make us seem out of step with the world sometimes, that make us seem a bit weird in the eyes of our friends and neighbours sometimes, well one day... All of that weirdness, all of that strangeness, all of those priorities will be vindicated. We will appear in glory with Jesus. At Jesus' glorious second coming, all those who believe by faith in him will be made glorious like him. In other words, we will be vindicated in the end. Now that is only true if Jesus was raised from the dead. That can only be true if he ascended into heaven. He can only go to heaven if he is alive, right? And he can only be with the Father if he is alive. And he can only return in glory if he is alive. And that means our glory, which will appear when Jesus appears, can only happen If Christ has been raised from the dead. That is the difference the resurrection makes for you today. And if we are right and Jesus has been raised from the dead. Then our priorities now are right. And what we are working for in the end will seem to be right. And one day it will be laid bare for the world to see. And we will be vindicated in Jesus. And if that is true, that is a powerful reason to press on with the Lord Jesus this morning. If we know one day we will be vindicated, you know, we will be seen to be right, we should press on with the Lord Jesus. Keep going. Keep prioritising those heavenly things. Keep working for the things Jesus calls us to work for because none of that is wasted. None of that is useless. Jesus has been raised from the dead. And so Jesus is coming again in glory to make his people appear glorious. And so press on with Jesus. Make Jesus your highest priority this morning. Order your life around the things that Jesus would have you order your life around. Seek to glorify him by doing his commands, by walking in those good works he has called us to walk in. Make him the centre of everything that you do. And if you do that, one day you'll be vindicated. And everybody will see that you were right to have done so. That is what Jesus' resurrection means for us this morning. It means Jesus is alive. It means Jesus is coming again. It means Jesus will make his people glorious. And it means Jesus will vindicate his people one day. And so, in the meantime, let's press on with Jesus. Let's prioritise him and his things. Let's not fall away because we worry what people will think of us. Or we feel a bit weird in our culture. Or sometimes Jesus asks us to do stuff and we're not fully sure why he's asked us. But we know he says we should. Well, let's not worry about any of that. Let's prioritise those heavenly things. Prioritise the Lord Jesus. And even the stuff that feels a bit strange and weird makes us feel like we're out of step with everybody else. Well, one day when Jesus returns, no one will think that anymore. You won't and they won't. You will be vindicated. But those who will be glorified in Christ are those who press on with Christ. Those who prioritise him and his things. Let's not fall away. Let's not worry about what people think of us or what our culture thinks. But Let's press on. Keep going because Jesus is alive. Jesus is coming again and Jesus will vindicate his people. And so honour Jesus in the way that you live. Glorify God in your life. Trust that your life is secure with him. And then press on with him. And know that if you do, you will be vindicated in the end.